Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the Palatial Home Studios of Paul Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California, for yet another episode of YWL Online's Totally Approachable Bible Study for All. Joining me in studio, as per the usual, is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hey, everybody, I love you all. Welcome, welcome, welcome with the Lord. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. How you doing, Pop? Doing very well, and greetings to my fellow Bible inquisitors. Hope you're ready for another day of Psalms and our last day of Psalms. I'll knock on yes. wood to say that's going to be true. <laughs> yeah, that is most likely going to be true. <laughs> And uh, so, uh, so not as much material to go through today as we might have been, uh, like, say, last week, trying last week, but uh, still quite a bit of good stuff to go through. But first, I think we have time for some Rudy news. My Rudy news is, be kind to others. It's sometimes when people are rude to you, it's kind of hard. I get that little, uh, I try to talk about God. So, well, one time some, I told a lady uh, about God, and I go, you want to talk about God? I go, I'd like to talk about God. Can I tell you? She said, no. I said, uh, well, you're going to be in a hot place. Because what it is is, well, I really actually say you're going to be in hell. And what it is is, it's you're trying to give them something. And they still don't want it. And you know what? It's... Because I get offended. I get offended when nobody wants to hear God or love God or learn about God. I get offended because it's something free that I'm giving you for out of love for your soul. And it offends me. And like my brother, he's, he doesn't like God. But sometimes I want to punch him in the mouth and say, man, you got to act right. Don't you understand that this is this is this and that? Because it puts you to the pressure that you're scared because they're getting you so close to him. And you don't want to have these people that you see getting turned away from God because they didn't believe it. And it's terrible. But what it is is do your best. Try not to get angry because I do. I don't know. I, it, it offends me because I love God because I'm part of the family and it offends me. So I love you all. Walk walk with the Lord. And if I ever tell you and you say you don't want to talk about God and I say you're going to hell. I'm sorry, just my anger, because I love God very much. Okay. Yeah, you got to be careful about uh, about that. Some people react very poorly to being told they're uh, going to hell. Um, had that uh, experience uh, myself with someone I'd been uh, working with, talking to, and uh, uh, somebody else told him he's going to hell, and uh, and he shut down, um, stopped listening to uh, to the word. So uh, you do need to be careful about uh, about that, but uh, but it's true if you're uh, if you're not if you're not uh, a proper Christian, pinkies out, um, then you're uh, then you're definitely going to hell. Now, uh, no, there, there, the only thing that makes you a proper Christian, of course, is uh, is believing in Jesus in your heart, that He is your Lord and Savior, and uh, uh, and that you. Uh, you know that you uh, that you do that, and uh, anything else is uh, is a far cry from uh, from what you need to be. 
But uh, uh, but yeah, you do need to be careful about uh, about telling people they're going to hell because that can backfire. It can. It can take a sprouty, sprouting plants in the ground and literally dry it up very quickly to where yeah. it's not going to reseed or be able to try again. It's righteous indignation is the a, a, a higher term, pinky out term for telling people, you know, <laughs> yes. that they're going to go to hell. But we can feel righteous indignation about people yeah, who say they just it. don't believe and can't believe and won't try. Uh, right. We do know their destination. And we should cry about that while we're being indignant for the love of the Lord and people denying it. Yes. And, uh, and it's not that you can't be angry. I mean, Jesus had righteous anger. Paul tells us, uh, in your anger, do not sin. But uh, that doesn't mean don't be angry. That means don't sin while you're being angry. Yep. Yeah. So uh, uh, definitely, uh, definitely some thoughts there. Okay. So do some more reading. <laughs> All right. So shall we begin with Psalm 147? I think we shall. I should say get underway because we've done some speaking already, haven't we? We did a little bit, yeah. All right. I have a couple titles here. Psalm 147, God Restores Jerusalem, and Sing and Praise the Lord is the way another one goes. And in my daily reading Bible, it says uh, Psalm 147, like 146, lists reasons to praise God's greatness and graciousness. All right. What kind of titles okay. do you have for us today on? Well, on Psalm 147, I have in the Amplified, I have praise for Jerusalem's restoration and prosperity. In the ESV, in the English Standard, I have he heals the brokenhearted. Okay. In uh, the Berean Standard, it is good to sing praises. And uh, in the King James, it's, it is good to sing praises to our God and cites Romans 3, 1 through 11 and Hebrews 10, 1 through 18. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. I have further notes that say Psalm 147 emphasizes three truths. God is beyond humanity. God is involved in humanity, and God is to be praised by humanity. Okay. I also have some notes that talks about God uh, helps the hurting. And that can be even believers who are hurting because others will not accept the fact and the truths of God and his love. But certainly for those who are suffering losses of loved ones, uh, losses of even their jobs, of 
being Christians and losing jobs was a common thing in the New Testament. Um, and it still continues today. Um, I have in verses 13 and 14 that it meets, that God meets the needs of humans and animals. We often wonder, you know, how extensive things are for animals, such as the big debate of are there animals in heaven? Well, yes, there are, but that's a different study. But still we have here in verses 13 and 14, and I'd like to look at them uh, unless you have some notes before then, Bill. Uh, let's see, just, uh, um, just that it uh, seems to be that uh, 147 is a post-exilic psalm um, and uh, might have been used to celebrate the rebuilt walls of Jerusalem. Um, and uh, let's see, the, uh, the, uh, the psalmist uh, turns uh, hard questions Job, God Job, posed to Job. Wow, that's turned out to be quite a tongue twister. Uh -huh. God posed to Job and Israel. Uh, he turns into declarations worthy of praise. And uh, um, let's see, uh, verses 1, 7, and 12 each introduce a stanza of praise in the three-part hymn. And verses 2, 3, 19, and 20 specifically speak of God's involvement with Israel. Um. <laughs> lot of uh, detailed uh, points in this song. I said 19 and I meant nine, sorry. But that one talks about okay. it extends even to animals. I underlined verses gives, 10 okay, and 11 yeah. uh, because too many people don't see this. But 10 mm -hmm. and 11 says he, meaning God, is not impressed by the strength of a horse. He does not value the power of a warrior. The Lord values those who fear him, those who put their hope in his faithful love. And it's a good, fair example right here of saying, well, we're supposed to fear God. You know, is he a mean, right. terrible person? No, actually, it's a type of respect and it shows that it's not the fear that we think of like, that's a poisonous snake about to bite me type of fear. That's not God. Right. Uh, but those people who respect him and put their hope in his faithful love. You know, God's love is so powerful that it can take away everything else. And we have this example here that says, yeah, right, it's not fearing him in the common modern sense of fear. It's a respectfulness and the love of God comes through that respect or that kind of fear. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. I like the descriptors of, of the way he sends rains and snows and hail and melts them with a word he melts the hail again i have a picture that will not come across the screen unfortunately but uh -huh. most of the time i think of israel 
as a very mm. hot place. Mm. Uh, I know from personal yeah. experience that it's not always that way, but I do not usually envision snow. in Jerusalem. And there is a small picture here. Uh, let's see, it's referencing Psalm, verse 16, but it says, just as God oversees the seasons and spreads no snow like wool, uh, there's a picture of snow on the olive trees and the ground all around it from Jerusalem. And so it's, it's a really, uh, visual help to see verse 16 about the fact that it does have snow that does snow in Israel and it can even cover the ground it's not like oh say Santa Ana California <laughs> where you might get a little frost on things and occasionally see maybe some flurries coming down in the air but it doesn't stick anywhere because it's so much warmer. Right. But Jerusalem, that picture really does bring that out and shows mm -hmm. it there that God can cover even Jerusalem with snow on the ground. Yes. And yet he can dissipate it just as quickly. What yeah. other kinds of moves do you have on goal? Psalm 147, Bill? Uh, that's it. Um <clears throat> You know there were uh, there were comments about uh, about the cold weather just like he said and uh, um, and that's uh, that's about it um, well then let's drop yeah. down to verses 19 and 20 okay because those are very relevant for us today uh, yes Old Testament times when this was written he declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and judgments to Israel. He has not done this for every nation. They do not know his judgments. And then, of course, it finishes with praise the Lord. Uh, that's Old Testament. Yeah. Old Testament, God was telling Israel to go and be a kingdom of priests and tell the world about the kingdom, but God was letting them do it with the coming of Jesus and the arrival of Pentecost, it's believers who spread the word now. And we have all of God's laws and judgments. And we try, we try to follow them in light of the big two, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. And as Christians, we need to be spreading that kind of love still in the world today. So for Rudy's example earlier, we still need to love the person who is rejecting God, right. but certainly not loving their attitude and trying to give a more proper godly response, a Christian response to these people who are rejecting and not always just flat out telling them that if you don't, you're going to be in the hot seat for eternity, which gets a little difficult, but just imagine not having eternity with God. All right. So 
There. That's from Psalm 147. Would you like to please begin Psalm 148? Sure. Uh, in the Amplified, I have the whole creation invoked to praise the Lord. And uh, in the English Standard, I have praise the name of the Lord. In the Berean Standard, I have praise the Lord from the heavens. And as is the uh, King James. Okay. And uh, no special notations from anybody. All right. I have creation, praise of the Lord, creation's possessive, uh, praise of the Lord. And over here it is, come praise the Lord. Yep, that's what it was. Okay. And in this one, says 148 is a call for the heavens and the earth to praise God. So it sounds pretty much like praise, doesn't it? A lot of praise. I know I have a note on the end the of, for some reason I have a note about the end of the psalm instead of the beginning of the psalm. So I'm trying okay. to get the other points. Uh, where the praise is to arise is from heaven and from earth. And when I was getting ready for today's things, I was looking at these last four obviously, because that's what we we're going to cover. And it sort of came to me that it's almost a hint about how long the second coming would be and how close I think it is now, because it talks about praise from heaven, not just from the heavens, but praise from heaven. We didn't get into space or the heavens until 19, well, we say 1969 when they landed on the moon, but we had a right. couple you know, years before that when guys were at least out and out in outer space. Yep. I wonder though, is this really telling us something in these last four Psalms that the second coming wouldn't be arriving until we got out into outer space? Mm. Uh, it, it's a far fetch, mm. but it's still sort of a fun thing to say, wow, what is going on with this? Uh, we're 2,000 years into the program. And for 2,000 years, everybody's thought it was going to be quickly. Are we going to have to wait until we uh, get a colony in outer space, perhaps, and have Christians out there and praising God? It's just something to think about. But we're always supposed to be ready and saying, yes, we want to praise God and all the heavens should. Yes, there are recordings of sounds in heaven. So maybe the heavens are already praising God in ways that we do not understand. But we as individuals, wherever we are, we are supposed to praise God. And remember that God is everywhere. He is not limited like we are. Um, any boxes yep. for and, you on uh, and all of creation, uh, both uh, here on Earth and in, in outer space, uh, do praise the Lord in a, in a sense uh, by their existence. Um, 
Yep, you I know, have lost uh, it totally. The beauty of things uh, out there in uh, in space is amazing. Um, we, we've seen some just absolutely incredible things, and uh, but uh, um, but yeah, but the Earth uh, the Earth has plenty of beauty on its own. Um, you know, so uh, so we need to uh, need to praise the Lord for it, praise Him and thank Him. Yes, we should. Yeah, I love getting out uh, in the middle of nowhere where there's no lights and being able to look up and see the stars, seeing how many more of them there are. You're having the yawnies, aren't you, son? <laughs> I, I am. I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, and folks, I'm sorry. I know that I had a dropped 30-second time frame in there, and I hope it shows up all nope. right in the... Uh, it in, will in the viewing part. Yeah, we've we've been uh, we've been all right so far. The uh, the quality from uh, from the new uh, service we're using has been uh, so much better than uh, uh, than what we were getting on Skype. Yeah. So uh, so I wouldn't worry about it. Of course, they were using uh, terms that they knew at the time of the writing. So it's let the kings exalt. The Lord, uh, nothing about presidents. Certainly, they had emperors back then. Uh, well, in the yep. New Testament, they had emperors. They had pharaohs. Pharaoh listed uh, for Egypt. I don't know if they had the actual reference for emperors at that point in time. But don't let titles, yeah. earthly titles, cause anyone difficulty. And saying, what should we be doing? And what, you know, it's God alone who deserves the praise. And his yep. majesty covers heaven and earth, as we're told here in 148. Yes. Shall we move on? And, of course, we end with another hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. 149 begins and ends with hallelujah. And Bill, why don't you, this, because it is a shorter psalm and we are, do have time. Why don't you read 149 for us? You choose sure, the translation. <laughs> well, as usual, I'll, I'll stick with the Amplified. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and praise him in the congregation of his godly ones. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let Zion's children rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. Let them sing praises to him with the tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the godly ones exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. To this, this is the honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Kind of went south there. At the yes. End, it? As Christians, we know that that's not the way we're supposed to try things anymore. Uh, yeah. 
And so it gets very, very hard for us to understand that we're not supposed to be picking up the two-edged sword of a real sword, but the Bible, which is called the two-edged sword now. Double-edged sword, word of God, is what we take to fight off the evil that is in the world. But not right. individual people we, either. Um, right. And we aren't carrying well, we out judgments against the, anyone. Sorry. That's God's job. And I praise the Lord yeah. that it is his job for doing that. Um, yes. I think it was uh, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And yet we're supposed to celebrate in triumphal glory and let them shout for joy on their beds. I just see little children jumping up and down on a bed. And that's the kind of joy I think we're referring to <laughs> when it's when it has this. I think here. so. But it could also be to the other extreme. Those who are old and frail and can't get out of bed anymore still can have the joy mm. of God. But I like the image of the children jumping up and down on the bed. <clears throat> but we haven't even yeah. done our, um, our subcategories. Or, or, or I old people you to read uh, it first. Oh, okay. Or old people jumping up and down, down on the bed. Mm, <laughs> mentally, maybe. I'd be more worried about them falling off than a, than a child bouncing off the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't done the uh, the titles nope. yet. We, we I wanted, I wanted you to read it through and then do titles. And so let's go back and catch those. Okay. I have praise All for right. God's well, triumph. Right. Oh. Okay, it's a good one. And 140. Another one just says a new song of praise. Okay. And it we, we definitely have a new song of, pra of praise than uh, than the writer of this psalm did. Yes, we do. Uh, and that's we're all of, capable uh, that of writing the 151st psalm. But <laughs> <laughs> I also have one that says 149 is a summons to praise and a song of triumph. So those are the titles I have for it. Well, uh, my titles uh, I have in the Amplified, Israel invoked to praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in the English Standard, sing to the Lord a new song. And in the Brian Standard, uh, also sing to the Lord a new song, uh, but Lord is capitalized. But it also references uh, Psalm 98, 1 through 9, and Isaiah 42, 10 through 17. There's a little bit of homework yeah. there. And uh, uh, the King James is, uh, is the same. And, uh, and of course, uh, my commentator makes note that we don't know who or why this psalm was written. Um, and that's about all, uh, all he says about it. All, uh, MacArthur says about it anyway. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Ellicott, uh, says, uh, the history supplies a terrible comment on this <laughs> song. 
under the illusion that it might be used as a prayer without any spiritual transmutation, Psalm 149 has become the watchword of the most horrible errors. It was by means of this psalm that Caspar Scopius, in his Classicum Biblicae Sacrae, which, as Bacchus says, is written not with ink but with blood, inflamed the Roman Catholic princes to their 30 years religious war, and in the Protestant church, Thomas Momsen stirred up the war of the peasants by means of this song. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Um, what can yeah. scripture do in the hands of the wrong people? All right. We can all interpret it wrong. We can all interpret the, the Bible wrongly. Um, it's it's been done not just with this psalm but with many other passages of the bible um you know we've uh, we've seen uh, um crusades and inquisitions and um and other uh, other and the 30 years war and other such bloodbaths uh um occur uh because of uh because people took took the bible wrong or took the wrong or or Took the wrong part of the Bible wrong and the and and added it and used it to their yeah, own it's just, we, to use it yes. as a means to their own ends. Yes, and yes, uh, the the destruction of the Inca and Mayan civilizations uh, come to mind yes. here in the New World and Aztec, uh, and yeah. telling people to accept Jesus or die. Uh, right, is just horrendous to realize. Yeah, and uh, and realizing, especially in uh, in retrospect, because uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, of course, um, that uh, that it doesn't really create Christians. It creates people who publicly profess to be Christians and privately uh, practice whatever it is they uh, they feel like practicing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, definitely, and, and we've got, uh, and now we've got things like uh, um, Santeria and Voodoo uh, that uh, are practiced in private by those who uh, would appear to be Christians on the outside. Um, you know, uh, witchcraft and and whatnot uh, um, being uh, being practiced as well. Um, and uh, and so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely forcing people to profess Christ is not a way to create a real Christian. No, it isn't. It's, it, the formula is bad. We talked a little bit about that this topic last Saturday when we were in First John, mm -hmm. and the fact that people yes. were not just practicing Christianity, but other uh pagan worships as well and yes. john was saying you can't have it both ways it has to be christ True. for me is the way everyone should yeah. be saying it uh yeah well there's a well there's nothing wrong with exploring philosophies um, from uh, from other parts of the world. Uh, in fact, I found that uh, that many philosophies around the world are in complete agreement with Christianity. Um, but uh, um, but it's when you get into the theology 
of uh, of of these uh, of these practices around the world, but things become dangerous. That's why we need to be grounded first in the theology of Christianity and the uh, and the philosophies uh, of Christianity mm-hmm. before we go and explore uh, other philosophies to find out what else the world has learned. Um, because because uh, because we need to have an anchor. Yes. And because and, uh, it literally brings about yeah. the uh, oh hopping onto a different train if you're not grounded in the first one, <laughs> you know, uh, right? You can't. Yeah, you don't want to go jumping moving trains. But uh, but no, it occurred to me that a lot of people uh, who find their you know find their quote unquote religion, um, you know, in uh, in others are really were really looking for something that they could have found here in Christianity in the first mm-hmm. place. Um, you know, oh, I was looking for for a philosophy of peace, and it's like, well, we have a philosophy of peace. Um, shoot, now I don't remember. It's it's uh, someone. Uh, it might have been a C.S. Lewis or or uh, someone like that. But uh, oh no 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 no, uh, Chesterton. I think it was G.K. Chesterton. Um, but uh, but regardless of who said it, uh, uh, it's not that Christianity has been fa- tried and found wanting. But that Christianity has not been tried, and uh, um, you know, I've always uh, I've always liked that one because uh, um, you know because people go and they they jump the train before they uh, before the conductor even asks them for a ticket, um, you know, and uh, um, and that's uh, that's quite dangerous to do, you know. You could have uh, you know you could have had what uh, what you were looking for, just by staying where you are. Um, what, what, uh, what is it, uh, uh, what was it Dorothy said about, uh, about uh, that everything she wanted was right there at home in the first place? Yes, Rudy? There's a song that goes, Shannon is going across the sea looking for a, a shade, okay. which it says in her, it was in her backyard. Uh-huh. So she was searching for the shade that she wanted, right. but in reality, the shade that was in the back, it's called Shannon. Is I think it's Shannon, okay. but it's a good song. Huh. Yeah, and she was looking for something that she was, was looking at home. for something in her back that was in her backyard, which is time. what Dorothy was saying um, in Wizard yeah. of Oz. Yep, something to that effect. Anyway, those are the general yeah, what she was themes. Yes, for was in her backyard us. the whole time. Right. Yeah. And we can look forever and, uh, if we um, uh, yeah. don't start at home where we are. It can be difficult mm-hmm. to do it. Now, of course, you can. You yeah. could also that could be said of someone in the middle of India, and uh, oh wait a minute, now they aren't doing Christian thought in the middle of India. They're doing Hindu thoughts. So are they going to get grounded in Hindu and be able to change away from to Christianity? Yeah. Uh, these are all very philosophical comments that won't bring us very close to the Lord at all. If we're not careful, we have to be able to see it. But yes, we firmly need to be grounded in Christianity with all of its good parts and bad parts. And there are bad examples in the Bible that we need to be able to see because Christians aren't perfect. We are forgiven. Right. And 
We are we are saints who sin. Was how one uh, commentator hmm. put it. And I kind of like that. Okay. <laughs> because we are we are as as Christians we are saints. Uh, that is what uh, what we are called in uh, in the Bible and. Uh, um, you know, saints. Uh, you know, the the people who are have been canonized are are not special. Um, I mean, they're special, but they're not special. Uh, you know, um, you know, a lot of these people who've been canonized have done some remark, did do some remarkable things, but uh, that's not why they were canonized. Um, but uh, and um, we know it's not that they're you know, all they're, they didn't do anything that we're not. Yeah, and, and they didn't do anything we're not capable of ourselves true enough you know um yeah it, it's difficult but it's not impossible difficult is not impossible although it yeah, seems to uh, me i recall that. that they said saint francis of assisi could fly from one city to another and it's like no maybe maybe that uh, uh, might yeah. be you know taking the <laughs> extension too far but all we have to do is look at our own history to know the various fallacies that go on. Uh, I mean, George Washington was absolutely a great person, but he was a spendthrift. Is that the way to say it? He'd never be caught throwing a dollar spent all away. his money. Yeah. Across the <laughs> Potomac or otherwise, it just, uh-uh, not going to happen. Right. And we have to realize well, that there are many things like that. Uh, I do like yeah. the fact of which president was uh, undefeated wrestling uh, champion. <laughs> and that is true. And it was uh, Abraham Lincoln was actually a wrestling champion. Uh, he was never defeated okay. in several, more than a few, I should say. Number 39 comes to a right. mind. 39 matches of wrestling. Uh, oh, I thought you meant the 39th president. I'm like, nope, no, that's no, not the, 39 wrestling not matches. But those are fun things to be able to study, <laughs> and they should be. They should always be looked at. Yeah. Can somebody really do certain things, or did they really do things? We find out that they didn't. Mm -hmm. And we find out that other people were able to yeah. do amazing things. And they're never given any credit or glory. Uh, what was Sorry. it? Two different the, people. The, well, the name uh, were literally hmm. developing the telephone at the same time Alexander Graham Bell did. At least and two. one other one at yeah. least uh, was on the brink of inventing the the light bulb when Edison did. And so we see that you know, I think they should be recognized. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. it's only going to be a sub note because you want to go with the one who did it and being able to say well, what happened and what it wasn't didn't. actually Edison, but yeah, it wasn't actually Edison who, who developed it, but he, he was the He's one who one got it. You're he was careful, really you're that. bouncing the table all over. Oh, sorry, I had to mm -hmm. shift my legs. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, Edison was a, a thief, that's right. I wasn't going um, there at all. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah no I mean we're we're right in the middle of something where uh, where I mean the the compilers of the book of Psalms 
certainly have not gotten any credit. We haven't uh, seen uh, a list of, oh, yes, and we'd like to also thank Moisha and Shlomo and and uh, and uh, Hershowitz uh, and all these other guys who helped us put this, uh, put this book together. Um, no, we get David and... Uh, um, and uh, the other big names of people who uh, who wrote or may have written, you know, the Sons of Korah and Asif and, and, uh, and yep. whatnot. And Asif, yes, Asif. Can't but you did Asif. bring up a good but, point uh, in that last yeah. little part to remind us, because we're about to go into the last one. Mm -hmm. So the things right. that are good to remember about these is that the compilers, whoever they were, and bless their hearts, put them together in a way of progression. And if you go back through yes. from Psalm 2 to 149, you know, there is a progression. Uh, Psalm 1 and 150 are really the ideal in a perfect world scenario. So we're about to get into that. But the progression yes. of the way they put them in together without giving any detailed uh, study guides, which we have certainly seen in schools, uh, seminary and Bible college for me. I saw them there as well. But, you know, there's no study guides as to how they did it. They just did it. They were led by, I believe faithfully, that they were led by the Spirit of God to put these things together in progression ways. And it ends for a reason with praises. Well, now we have Psalm 150. If my voice will hold up, I'll read it. If it doesn't, <laughs> actually, I was gonna, I was gonna suggest that since one and one fifty are so similar, perhaps uh, we should go back real quick and review for the first song. Uh, it it, yes, it has. And both of them are quite short. So, but, all right. Uh, um, but yeah. Uh, Okay, uh, the first song, The Righteous and the Wicked Contrasted. Uh, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down and rest in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, his precepts and teachings, he habitually meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. The wicked, those who live in disobedience to God's law, are not so, but they are like the chaff, worthless and without substance, which the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand unpunished in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous." For the Lord knows and fully approves the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Yes, one of the notes I have on Psalm 1 is rather rather direct. It says, it forces the reader to either serve God and succeed or not serve him and fail. Uh, yes. And the author really knows that it's not simple. And it's true for Christians today. Being a Christian is not a simple, I can do this and live peacefully throughout life. It doesn't happen that way. Right. And so uh, it's not, it's a good review, Bill. 
being able to see that that mm -hmm. first one, but it's the ideal. And yeah, because the world it's... wasn't following God back then. The Israelites weren't following mm -hmm. God uh, faithfully by themselves the way they should have. And sure enough, they were having all these calamities come on them, just as we have calamities today. Indeed. Yeah, and uh, um, you know the the Lord. I be I believe that things are certain things are going to happen because they're part of the plan to begin with, and like uh, like droughts and famines and wars and and whatnot, they'll they'll come about just because that's the nature of things, and I believe that God more you know tells us to do certain things so that we can be prepared for when these things happen. You know, when, uh, when he told, uh, um, you know, when he commanded uh, the, that, when, when the Lord commanded that the, uh, um, that everybody give a tithe, that the, the Israelites give a tithe and, uh, and to build up a storehouse in the, uh, you know, as, you know, the temple was to be kind of a storehouse of sorts. <clears throat> I believe that was to prepare the Israelites for the famines that were going to come anyway. And if they obeyed the Lord, famine would come, they'd be okay. If they didn't obey the Lord, the famine would come and they wouldn't be okay. Um, you know, and, and we have those opportunities today. I mean, we obviously don't have laws about, uh, about tithing and, and, uh, and whatnot that we're to give from our hearts and not, uh, um, you know, not from, uh, from some, uh, from some, actuary table um you know uh, but uh, uh, but still these things happen and uh, and if we uh, if we obey the lord if we give with our hearts if we if we believe in our hearts strongly and act on those beliefs then uh, um then obviously we're going to be okay for the things that are going to happen um you know regardless of uh, of of anything else in the world and so, uh, um, so yeah. Yep. And we need to praise God for all those things, even when they are, you know, just God created nature. Nature is yes. running on its own. God can intervene yep. with nature. Mm -hmm. yes. And that's a good thing. But for the most part, he created it to set through, to go through these motions. And we as people need to recognize that God did create nature. And no, God and Mother Nature are not married. Don't go there. Uh, <laughs> because that would no. be in, you know, in marriage, we're, we're supposed to be a team. So I'm not going that way. It, no, God doesn't yeah. need a team. Uh, but still being able to see these positive points and the negative ones, but God is still there. So that when we are going through personal trial and difficulties that seem beyond us, they're not beyond God. And so we can praise him for that and help carry us through. And with Psalm 150, I'll read this one. Like I said, if the voice okay. pulls out, it starts off with hallelujah, you want to do the... which means oh, okay. praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Come on, that's you can know Hebrew still. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yep. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his powerful acts. Praise him for his abundant greatness. Praise him with trumpet blast. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourines and dance. Praise him with strings and flute. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, verse 5 reminds me of, uh, of uh, well, the New Testament. I can never remember where uh, these things are. But uh, um, pray, uh, to, uh, to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And resounding and loud symbols definitely sounds like a, uh, a noise that uh, I would imagine uh, uh, being quite joyful. Um, you know, I imagine a child with the symbols just crash, 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 crash. Yep. <laughs> and that's the right kind of attitude, too. Uh, yep. I am not against people dancing in the aisles in church. Uh, nope. I have a little bit more trouble with people who are uh, talking in tongues in church, but usually they're not really talking. Yeah, huh? Well, that's what we believe. Uh, and At least that's and what been it my says experience. that those things can happen and we shouldn't stop them. Uh, there should be interpreters right. and limits. Um, I yes. like Paul's description of you know, only only a few talking in tongues if there's interpreters. If there's not, they right. should keep quiet and exalt well, themselves to the Lord and not uh, the, disrupt. The thing to remember, the thing to remember, the thing to remember about talking in tongues is, is talking in tongues is not for the church. Talking in tongues is for the non-believers that they may believe. And uh, um, and if you're just making it up, that's certainly not Correct. helping. There's got to be a translator. Yeah, yep. there's got to be a translator. Yep. There absolutely has to be translations. Again, otherwise it confuses right. and shuts off or shuts down the uh, ones who yep. there's, don't understand. There's a, there's a sort. There's a reason why we have a saying, babbling idiot. Uh, I'm not going there, but it is to righteously. Serve the Lord for sure. Uh, yes, here in one fifty, I have titles. Sorry, I turned the page. One just just strictly praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Another is the Lord is good to His people, and finally. <clears throat> Psalm 150 is simple, simply a final doxology of praise. Um, it okay. shows, you know, brings to an end like all that. of the Psalms. What titles do you have, Bill? Yep. 
Uh, well, in the Amplified, I have a psalm of praise. In the English Standard, I've got, let everything praise the Lord. Um, in the, the Berean Standard, I have, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And uh, in the King James, I have, let everything that has breath. So kind of a... a, a Partial sentence. That's all right. <laughs> Verse six, you know, which uh, is let everything that breathes uh, praise the Lord. Uh, study mm -hmm. Bible says that it shows that God is interested in everything that breathes. Yeah. Well, the the funny thing is, is the uh, the difference between the English standard and the Berean standard. With that, uh, um, you know, the the English standard doesn't say anything about breath in the title, but uh, but the Brian standard does. Reminded me of uh, when Jesus said, "If uh, if these were quiet, even the stones yes. would cry out." And uh, so let uh, you know, let everything, whether it has breath or not, mm -hmm. praise the Lord. And uh, um, you know, so uh, so it's definitely possible. All right. Because we want the stones, uh, we want the stones even to praise the Lord. I'd I love would to see too. That. And we're not talking Fraggle Rock either. Uh, Jim Henson's no. <laughs> one of the Jim Henson's very neat uh, creations, shall we say, for yes. people. But you know, having uh, rocks that could sing and talk and even move under their own power. Well, God can make them happen. So for real, yeah. and it's there. This concludes yes. my portion of, of the Psalms, Bill. To be able to say it is a yeah. good idea to have Psalms and to look at them regularly, but also be aware that the, there's the progression. And it yep. starts with the idea, yes. and we haven't gotten there yet, but we try. Right. Yes. We keep working, keep working toward the perfection, keep running that race until yeah. we get there. And, uh, um, you know, we, uh, we will eventually get there, not this side of eternity, but, uh, uh but the other side and, uh, um, you know, but, uh, uh, definitely, uh, I think, uh, you know, for everyone, the Psalms is a worthy read. And uh, definitely worthy of a lot of study because uh, because there's a lot of stuff that we just don't get in the modern uh, in our modern times anymore. Um, you know, words we don't use and uh, um, and references we just don't understand because they're not part of our uh, our daily lives. About, yeah. All right. Or thinking, yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, so definitely worthy of a lot of a lot of study. But uh, so uh, conclusions on the Psalms. Any uh, any parting words? No, I already I already finished mine. I think it's time for the prayer and okay. get You're ready to in. talk about stuff for I next do. week. I think so. So uh, if you've come this far with us, Gentle Inquisitor, perhaps you will come a little bit further and join us in this family we call Christianity. We do this not with sacrifice because that's been taken care of once and for all by, uh, by Jesus on the cross with his death 
and resurrection so that we can get into heaven and uh, and avoid the nasty place. And uh, <laughs> and it is indeed a nasty place. Sorry, my camera's shaking again. I chuckled. Um, but uh, um, we also don't use magical spells or mystical ceremonies because that's not how we roll as Christians. Indeed, uh, the sinner's prayer is not a magic spell. It is a uh, it is an overflow of the heart, um, because the Bible tells us that uh, you must believe in your heart and speak with your mouth and speak with your mouth, not just speak with your mouth. To uh, to uh, that Jesus is Lord to be saved. You uh, so. Uh, Oh, I got uh, kind of jumbled up there. So yes, so you must believe in your heart that uh, that it's uh, that it's true. And uh, whether you've been a believer for a second or a century, all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God. And so we must uh, continually ask for forgiveness uh, for some of that. For some of us, that means daily. For others, maybe even more often than that. But. Uh, um, and it doesn't take uh, being an axe murderer to be a sinner. In fact, uh, it is the little things that trip us up the worst because they are the things we do not notice. And uh, so uh, we invite you to say the sinner's prayer with us. Sinner's prayer, of course, is not in the Bible word for word, but uh, we do base the sinner's prayer on biblical principles. And uh, so uh, so as long as you stick with the good principles, then, uh, um, then well, You'll uh, you'll be okay, regardless of what you say. So uh, I just picked these words because they seem to make sense to me. So uh, join us now, and uh, we'll say this together. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. I, I am a sinner. sinner. I am a sinner. Cleanse me of Cleanse my, me wickedness. my wickedness. Help me to love you with all my heart, mind, Help soul, and strength. With all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And teach me how to love my neighbor teach as me myself. How to love my neighbor as myself. Guide my steps along the path you would have me take Continue in this life. Continue guiding my steps along the path you have for me. And help me to do the work you have for the building and of your kingdom. Continue the work you have for me in your kingdom. Come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Be my heart, be my Lord and Savior. All these things we pray in Jesus' holy name. All these things we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And there you have it. Uh, The beginning has begun. And uh, next thing would be to find yourself a Bible-believing church with a Bible-preaching pastor and uh, strong Christians with, with, with whom to, uh, to commune, to fellowship, and uh, so you can figure out what your next steps are going to be. And uh, um, among those following steps, I hope, will be listening to more YWL online. Um, and uh, uh, we have plenty of shows for you this week. Um, in fact, uh, on Thursday, uh, I'll be doing another episode of Not Quite After Midnight, and that will be the, let's see, uh, that will be with Pat Daly and Christine Sawyer, Sauer, Sawyer? No, it's not Sawyer. I remember she said it wasn't that. Uh, Dr. Christine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we've had both of them on the show before. Pat is, uh, Pat is an author, uh, a sci-fi author, which uh, certainly is up my, uh, my alley. 
and uh, Doc Christine is a uh, is a wellness wizard. Um, <laughs> no, uh, she's not a wizard, but uh, she does uh, help people uh, train their brains to have better lives. So uh, it should be a fun and interesting conversation. They usually are. And then uh, on Saturday, on Saturday will be the ultimate episode. Well, hopefully the ultimate. Um, it might not be the ultimate. It might be the penultimate because we have a three-chapter chapter, chapter this, yep. sat this Saturday um, as the last of uh, Dr. John Barnett's uh, greatest passages of the Bible. And uh, with Revel Revelations 1 through 3, uh, which he's entitled Our Glorified Christ and His Mandate for the Church. Um, so uh, we'll see if we can get through uh, through it this week and have uh, and have done with uh, with the series, or uh, or if we'll have one more week uh, to go. Um, and then uh, and then a week from today will be another episode of YWL Online. It's totally approachable Bible study for all. And what will we be studying? The Old Testament Book of Judges. Yeah, Judges. So Yes, if you would good read one. chapters one and two, I'm not sure that we'll get through one and two the first week, but we're going to go all the way through Judges. So the best place to begin. Yep. One one is the beginning. Yep. So uh, uh, so there you go. Uh, you got your homework for you this week, and uh, um, and we are at the end of another episode. And as I do. I will ask, do you find gentlemen have anything else to say to the nice people? Yes, I love you all. And people that are misleading the Christian people, anybody stop it. <laughs> In Good the thing. name of the Lord, we rebuke you, evil ones. <laughs> and yes. for the show, it is God's <laughs> blessing from Poplar Bluff. Yes, and God's blessings from Santa Ana, California, and uh, um, be safe out there. Remember to wash your hands and watch the ending credits. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I would also like to thank my co-host, my beloved father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. I'd really like to thank my Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew. Yes! Support the show if you feel so led. Over on Patreon.com, we're known as Bald Spots Pro. Don't you dare miss Not Quite After Midnight. You can find us on Facebook and wherever fine podcasts are offered. Please be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. That is the point, after all. If you or someone you know needs support now, call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. 988 is the Suicide and Mental Crisis Lifeline here in the States.